Dog episode 64. I'm Todd. This is AJ. Yo. And we're back. Here we are. Coming for you and your ears and with your eyes looking at us. <laughs> Man, that was normal. So we're excited to uh, to be here with you guys and ready to dive right in. What is Real Talk? You know the drill. Up above, you'll see a link, www.theremnant.live slash real-talk. Click the link, go down to submit a question, hit submit. It's going to pull up a form fillable box. And guess what you can do? You can ask a question, an anonymous question. Couldn't find you if you want it. If you're listening via podcast, guess what? The link's still active for you as well. I'll say that again since you can't see the link at www.theremnant, R-E-M-N-A-N-T dot life slash real, R-E-A-L dash talk. I forgot a spell for a moment. So... Um, you know what would have been a clever pun? Real talk, like a like a camera reel. R E E L. Oh, nice. That would have been a better name. Interesting. Why didn't we think of that? Well, anyway, we don't think about those things. No. So what people don't realize is before we started this episode, mm-hmm. uh, as we started, I cut it. I said, "Hey, we got to redo that because I did something weird, and accidentally." And then you took what I did and just trumped it. That's right. With the. <laughs> So that was fun. <laughs> it's good so diving honest. right in, uh, people like that, I've been told. When we don't mess around. No, we just get right into it, nice. which we haven't done here no, at all. Not at all. So we like to start Real Talk out with an opportunity and a chance for us to just chat about our life mm-hmm. and everything that's been going on in our week. This reminds me, I'll never forget that really kind review, but it's so evident that we don't edit this thing at all. Nope. So here we go. So man, how's your week been? What's been on your mind, your heart? Where's the Lord been taking you? Listen, listen. What? First off, he never asked it like that. Never. <laughs> I just thought we were mixing things up a little no, bit. No, I loved it. But the way you looked at me, <laughs> you said it. Oh, man. This is a good show. me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. <laughs> so my week. So uh, we have our... Our friend, and he helps us with production. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the giggles. No, it's exactly. fine. Yeah, I'm fine. So our friend's been helping us with production. Yes, his Who's name. That? Uh, his name is Clint. Uh, oh, intern Clint. Clint. So intern. he helps us with stuff. But um, yeah, used to. So no, I'm just kidding. Joke <laughs> used to. Um, so I'm in a small group with him, and we're kind of taking turns with him. You know, reading devotionals with him on the Bible app, and the one. So I'm currently like reading with him. And it's pretty cool because we let him, like, pick the devotion and we just do it with him. And the one he picked for me to read with him was called, I believe it's called Praying Dangerously. Mm. And it was so convicting. Uh, I just finished day two earlier. And, man, I just cannot believe how, like, spot on this guy was with talking about, like, prayer and how easy it is to become um, just stagnant in it. And he, he... Excuse me. Part of day one was him saying that he had a friend say, like, dude, your prayer life is lame. And I was like, man, that's really convicting because the more he kind of talked about it in the devotional, I was like, man, this is like the longer he talks, the more it sounds like me. Mm. And I related to that. And I was like, man, it was so convicting because I was like, I want to pray dangerously. Like, what's the point of praying if we're just going to make it like, Lord, bless this food and be with us today. Amen. Yeah, like, not even mean that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what he was talking about. And it's just been so cool because, you know, it's made me more intentional. And it actually brought me back to when I was first a believer how much more and I it's funny because 
as time goes on, you don't tend to realize these kinds of things until like something like this hits you. But my prayer life when I was a new believer was much more radical and much more real than it is now, in my yeah. opinion. Like looking at reflecting from then to now, I am a lot more um, domesticated in my yeah, prayer. That's a good word for it. Yes, and it's really sad. And I was, you know, in the Bible app, it you know has a part at the end where you can talk about it. Mm-hmm. And one thing I mentioned in there was like, man, I somehow became part of the culture of like. Like, it felt like a mask, you know, like, and I hated that. And I immediately was like, man, I don't want this. I want to rip it off, throw it and burn it or something. And I was like, it's time for me to get back to where that, who that, that new believer was. You know, I, one thing that we've talked about a lot on this show is how that slow fade happens and you become part of the, the negative culture of Christianity in some ways. And that's kind of what happened to me with prayer. And it was super convicting. And so that's been a big part of, you know, today, especially with the rest of the week, like an upcoming week, like I want to, I want to break out of that shell and be who, be that, that transparent new believer I, I was, you know, talking to God about everything, you know, it didn't matter what it was, you know, I wasn't, you know, I don't want to wrap it up in, you know, all this decoration. I just wanted to, and that's what's another thing he mentioned today was talking about how like, God appreciates when you're just real, just simple, real out there. Like you're not trying to make it this fancy letter. You're not trying to cover anything up with fancy wording to him because he already knows what you're like. He already knows. So what's the point? Um, so it was just really cool, man. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Other than that, just getting back into the routine of uh, life, I guess, you know, slowly starting to turn the corner of going back to quote normal so trying to figure that out um i know for me i've kind of faced this reality of numbness that i know i've talked about um on here before so just trying to deal with that um trying to actually feel things and talk about when i feel it or or trying to process what it is that i'm feeling because there's times where it can feel like there's so much i don't even know what it is so just trying to process through that. So, what do you think? That was really. I like that you said domesticated. So when I think, I mean, I have reasons for myself. What do you think? Using yourself as an example, why does that happen? Like, why did? Why do you? What's the change? What happened over time? So the slow fade. We that describes the process, mm-hmm. but the what's the why? So I haven't thought too much on this, but. A good time for me. Exactly. Real talk. R-E-E-L. That would have been closer, man. <laughs> so the why in it, I would say, is I think I get caught up in this idea of when you succeed in Christianity, like like when you think you've beaten something, it's like that's like a level up and you can't step back. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So when you do that, It's like once you beat that, quote, beat that, whatever that is, that sin, or say you want to get better at something and you get better at it, it's like you feel like you can never make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. So then even though in your own mind you you inevitably know you're going to mess up or make that mistake again, you don't want to talk about it because people think you've already gotten past that. And you use that as an excuse to not talk about it then. And I think that's kind of what happens. Even with God, you mean? 
In some ways, yeah. I think like when you talk about being the prayer life, you know, how mm-hmm. does that how does that tie into that? Because um, I think I think you're right on. I think that that's or, a really good way to put that. Or you like you your confession to God isn't as genuine as it used to be you because know? you don't think. Is it because of that sense of like, why well, I need to be past? The, oh, shame! Because I should be past this. Exactly. Hmm. You know, it's like it's like when you get something accomplished, you feel like you can only go up, which is in some ways true. But I think we put this weird pressure on ourselves that we can't slip. There's no, you know, there's no room to to make a mistake. And I think that puts, I think that's where anxiety comes from. I think that's where all those negative emotions come from and, and the numbness and all this because it always goes back to perfection, trying to be perfect. And it's not, so instead of knowing we're not perfect in our hearts, truly, we know that. I know you guys know that. Um, <clears throat> but we try to make it like so many people have noticed over the years and through all throughout history of Christianity, people try to make that perfection look like it on the outside. But knowing on the inside so we numb ourselves to that so that maybe part of us can actually believe that we're perfect on the outside hmm. so then how does that tie in with the idea of praying dangerously in other areas not just confession mm-hmm. um, do you think I'm not saying you're wrong I'm, I'm just exploring in your mind because I yeah. 100% let me stop by just saying sure. 100% agree with you that's convicting like I even say that um, one of the things I've learned in my own life is God does answer prayer and when I've went, I, I have went through periods of my life where I stopped praying dangerously because I'm afraid of him answering. Mm. And because partly I don't trust his character. Mm. Sometimes I feel like when I pray something, I feel like God has a choice to do it in a way that doesn't hurt me or a way that hurts me. And I think I buy into the lie that he's always going to choose the way that hurts me terribly. Does that make sense? Yeah. In a subtle way, it's like I mistrust the character of God even in my prayer. I don't doubt that he'll answer, but I always think he'll do it in pain, which is such a weird thing and kind of a twisted theology. Um, but anyway, I was just curious like what how that plays into your no, mind. That, that helps me a lot, the way you answered that. I like that because that, that kind of it's kind of getting my wheels turning more. I think that when it comes to how that affects me in my prayer life, I think it's— not I, I get this pressure like I put this pressure on myself to not ever make that mistake again so I'm trying to trying to figure out how to word it better yeah man it's all and maybe that's that's it's not you know it's something else to show people sometimes you don't have the answer in the mm-hmm. moment um I do think regardless I, I think a lot of people are going to empathize or understand that feeling because I do even as you said it I don't pray I go through periods of it mm-hmm. you know when I was in it's such an odd thing. When I had nothing, I prayed more dangerously. Mm. And the more I had, the more I prayed safely. Which is so weird. Right? Because, and that's sad. And I feel um, the same way. Yeah. And I think it's because we, I don't know, is it because when you have nothing to lose, you're willing to go farther, do crazier things because the cost isn't as much? Maybe. And versus I, when yes. you have more, the cost is more? It kind of reminds me of like the rich man, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely fear that comes into play for me personally. I'm definitely fearful. And I think you're right. I think I'm fearful of the journey he's going to put me on. Mm-hmm. I think I'm fearful of making a mistake and then God knowing that, well, you know, I think God's going to go, well, I'm disappointed. Like I thought you were past this or I thought you were, mm-hmm. I thought you were farther along so I could put more on you or I, you know, I could send you somewhere, but I can't because 
you're still stuck here. That's really good or weird that you're you said that because I right before we went on I told you that sometimes I had this thought of like if I were to live the gospel, preach the gospel even more as radically as I read it, it would mm-hmm. sound crazy to people. Because I think here's the weird thing, and this is the mystery of it. Because I have those thoughts too. We all do. But here's the thing. Does God, when God saved you, did he not know what you were going to do later? He did. Like, did he not know every mistake you were still going to make? And that's the weird part <laughs> that people don't want to accept. Mm-hmm. And so that idea, which I wrestle with too, is like, he's disappointed. He's not going to, you know, I don't know if you ever feel this way. It's like, he's leading me this door. And if I mess up, he's like, well, you can't go in the door now. Yes. But here's the weird thing. That, what does that say about my view of God? My view of God says he doesn't know the future Hmm. because if he knew the future and he had a plan for me and I can alter his plan based on my decision, then that was never his plan anyway to begin with. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I think those are things to wrestle through for sure, man. I I empathize with that a lot and I appreciate you even bringing this up because, yeah, yeah, I feel that way too. And I wonder, is is that even scriptural? I don't know. You know, the idea of in ministry, you hear disqualified. He's yeah. disqualified from ministry. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I you know, I don't know, man. I, 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 disqualification seems to only come about through a lack of repentance. To me, is what yes. I see. That makes right? that makes sense. People it's, always point to the Old Testament and say, "Well, God, you know, David." We just talked about this Sunday. He's the one they use all the time. Well, God, you know, David was not allowed to build the temple because of his sin. So what they're saying, whether they admit it or not, is they're implying that God had a plan, and the plan was that David was going to have, get to have something nice. And then David messed up, and then God said, now you can't have your gift, your prize. Well, here's the weird thing. I have to believe that it was never the intention or plan of God for David to build that temple to begin with. Mm-hmm. Because if if it was, then David, or then God was, plan can be altered by man. That's not Does that true. make sense? Yep. So. Yeah, I think it was God used. Now, that doesn't mean that God wanted David to sin, but he allowed it for a greater purpose, both right. for David and for humanity. Right. Right. For for instance. Does that make sense? Uh, no, absolutely. I think. But it's hard to fathom that. Oh, I, oh, definitely. And I think a big thing about freedom, you know, I was kind of processing through this is I think we have such a skewed view of what freedom really oh, is. Oh, man, you were right on. I and, it before we went. <laughs> And I think that's why we struggle so much to feel that freedom of what, you know, God gives us and what he gifted to us because we don't, because for freedom, I think a lot of the time when we think of freedom, if you were to ask, you know, say you were to, you know, just go do a survey of, you know, 100 Christians throughout, you know, the U.S., whatever, and you were to ask them, like, what do you think true freedom is? They probably, I feel like they would be confused because so often I think we think it's like, oh, we get to do whatever we want and Mm -hmm. all this stuff and but at the end of the day, like we, it's weird because I think we think that, but we know that's not the truth, but we can't find an in-between. And so we just don't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. And do you think it's weird that you saying that remind me that when we say freedom, people think that if we tell people their freedom, automatically our mind goes, well, they're going to go out and sin all the time. Like right. for some reason, freedom is attached to sin Yes, in our minds. So even though I think there's a weird twisting of that, and I think... Christian leaders and teachers are often afraid they'll preach about freedom, but they don't really mean freedom. Mm-hmm. And clearly we know freedom from sin is the biggest thing. And But right. for some reason, when we say it's like, I'm afraid to tell you, dude, you're free in Christ because that might mean you will go around and sin. Yep. But the truth is like, that's not my job. My job is to tell you the truth. And the Holy spirit, if you have it is going to convict you. Yes. 
Yeah, I agree with you. It's a, it's an odd thing. Man. Like even for me, like I struggle with the idea of freedom because, like I said, like I don't I don't live free because I trap myself in the idea of like I was saying earlier, like I don't pray dangerously. The reason why I don't is because I've I've bought into the trap of, well, you know, he's gonna he doesn't think I'm good enough or all these things. Like living free is I'm gonna do my best. I'm going to, you know, do what God has told me to do. And if I mess up, I know that I have grace. But we don't often think of it that way for some reason. It's because you don't think your heart's good. Mm. Like, right? I mean, the same here. There's some part of us that says, I love that you said that because living free to me would be living free of fear. Exactly. Because what am I afraid of? Like that human, I don't think people mean to do this. I don't think Mm -hmm. Christian leaders or Christian culture always means to do this. And I think sometimes people probably think I I think that I don't, I question, I don't think they intend to, but it doesn't mean it's not there. There's this weird culture of fear. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we can only teach through fear. And don't get me wrong. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom, being awe of the Lord, understanding God is real, that Mm -hmm. judgment and punishment is a serious thing. And once you recognize that, then you can understand your need for a savior. But once I'm saved, I shouldn't live in fear anymore. You're right. And I do. And, you know, I think if if fear prevents us from really growing, because yes. of what you said. I don't pray dangerously. I don't confess to God the full things, even though he knows. I don't come to you and say, man, I'm really struggling with this sin because right. I think I should be past it. Right. Even though that's not reality because the truth is, yeah, man, I just think it's more radical than we think. Absolutely. And if I I have moments, I don't. if, if anyone's watching, take a second right now and imagine a world where you, if you're a Christ follower or anyone really, where you truly live free. What did that mean? When I think of like, I'm free. I literally have a moment where I go, <sighs> yep. I envision a world where like, I'm not afraid, nope. I'm not scared, I'm not worried that God's going to turn on me, because there's this weird sense of that, Yep. and I even think that's going against what God has always said. I really feel like when you look at the entirety of Scripture, from Old Testament to New, it's constantly, if I were to boil it down, and it's this idea of God saying, why don't you just trust me, mm-hmm. that I'm out for your good. Yep. From the garden, when he said, don't do this, and they did it, it's like... <sighs> Just trust that I'm good. To the Israelites, when he's like, why don't you guys trust me? And love? Like, I'm good. I'm out for your good. Yeah, yes, I don't want you to do this because it's poison. All the way to Jesus, when Jesus says, don't be afraid. Where's your faith? Mm-hmm. You know, to you know, all of that, all the way till the end, you know, when he finally wipes away our tears. And so that's really good, man. And Absolutely. I, I think we're living in a very shallow end of the pool of the gospel, yes, if that would make sense. Absolutely. Because we're afraid to go on the deeper end, even though out there is where the real crazy stuff's happening. Absolutely. And like, man, I just love how the Bible works and how God works and, and just faith because it all connects. And, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking like, you mentioned fear, right? And you mentioned, you know, the the verse that speaks about perfect love casts out all fear, right? Yeah. That means literally my interpretation of that is it's saying, Perfect love casts out all fear. That means that you can only rely on God because God's the only one who can love perfectly. Yeah, dude. And the and, verse after that is crazy, too. It says, perfect love casts out all fear. And then it says, why? Because fear has to do with punishment. Exactly. And so we have another—again, we're, we're so skewed, man. We have a skewed view of what love is. So we try to find—you know, we, we base our love off what we see in each other. And we're <laughs> not perfect, and God to- tells us that. So, you know, if perfect love—if if, if love that is perfect is the only thing that can cast out all fear, we can't rely on each other. Because, well, sense. yeah, and God is love, the Bible says. Yes. So if God is love and perfect love casts out all fear, who's perfect love? God. God yep. casts out all fear. Yep. So if you're going to find perfect love, it's going to be through God. 
Mm. And he does love you perfectly. And you you shouldn't have to let him. Yeah, and you shouldn't have to live in fear. Nope. But we create that culture. And I really do believe it's because, and I talked about this in the message Sunday, it's because we're afraid of what people would do with freedom. So we don't really want them to have freedom. We want to have a taste of it. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to really. And it's because religious, I do believe Christian leaders, pastors, all that want good for their people. And they're so afraid they're going to go crazy. Like, hey, man, I can't let you know you're really free without making you a little afraid because you're going to go out and snort cocaine and, you know, go nuts. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like we. It's very interesting. I feel like we kind of put everybody on like a leash. That's good. Yeah, man. I think I remember hearing a rap song like that where he talks about trying to put God on a leash Hmm. and the idea of like that just doesn't. I don't know. It's wild. It's good stuff, though. Absolutely. And I think we're. I think that's convicting to me, too, as far as going back to your original topic of praying dangerously. And, you know, I I have, even in my journals throughout the years, I've Mm -hmm. written, boy, you know, I am. There's a healthy respect for me when it comes from me towards God when it comes to prayer because I know He answers prayer and I want to be ready for it. Right. You know, and uh, man, but you're right. Also, I think the other side of that is the times in my life when God's done crazy things is when I prayed crazy things and asked. That's for right. It. So yeah, it's, pretty it's so cool. easy to get caught up in that, yeah. but we don't have to. But facts. How's your week been? Um, my week's been okay. Actually, it was really rough. That's a lie. Yesterday was rough. <laughs> Um, right at the beginning of it, it was rough. It was one of those days too, where I I told you this last night, Mm -hmm. I I worked out, I got a haircut Mm -hmm. and then that was it. Mondays are like my day off for people to know I'm like my one day off really, uh, Saturday sort of, but Mondays for sure. And it just very rarely is a good day. And whether that's a spiritual attack or whether it's just, you know, my emotional, Levels drained or whatever, but it, it was like I did those two things and that was it. Yep. And all of a sudden it was two in the morning and I'm like, what is happening? And it wasn't good mm-hmm. and I didn't, wasn't restful. So that was tough. However, there were good moments in it. And overall, overall, I tried to mix overarching and overall. <laughs> the overarching theme lately, overall in my life, is this man, I am just, it's going to sound so silly in Christianese because people Nothing don't mean it, but a lot of times I just, I am infatuated with Jesus lately again, mm. and I, I think about it all the time. And I keep giving it a shameless plug. The chosen is guys really use that in me, mm-hmm. um, for me, and point me back. And then, of course, it, I, I've mentioned this before. I'm in the scriptures. I was reading Luke today, and on uh, my devotion time, and man, I just he uh, he's amazing, mm-hmm. and. Sometimes I I need to be reminded of what this is all about. And, you know, when I followed Jesus, it wasn't because of church, even though that's his thing, right? It wasn't because of, it was just this idea. It's like I'm being taken back in time to that pivotal moment in my life. This guy who didn't grow up in church, had no concept of Jesus beyond creepy pictures and rich kids at school. And and now I'm looking at him and he was just like, follow me. You know, I love you. Follow me. Yep. And that's what I want to do, man. And. It makes me more, this is kind of cool, I didn't think of this, when I follow him and I focus on him and and I live in his truth, regardless of what the world says to me, it makes me more bold. Hmm. It does make me more bold, man. And it makes me more, I don't care. I don't care what, you know, what people think. And, and you know, I those that don't know me well, I'm a weird guy, and I'm not really afraid, knock on wood, of the world too much as far as, like, what people outside the church think. Because I, right. Jesus told me 
they're going to hate me sometimes. But I, I live my life a lot of times trying to placate Christian leaders and, and culture because I don't want their view of me to affect you or right. or our church. And I always have this thought of like, man, I don't want to be false, right? I don't want to be... So I've let them dictate what I'm willing to do. And I've shared this over the last few weeks I of, of being safe. Weird, man. You're right. The Holy Spirit's all connected because it is kind of being safe. And mm-hmm. God's sort of been like, no, nah, we're not doing that anymore. Follow me. Follow me out of these wild lands, right? Like where, um, you know, where the people are. And Jesus is just so incredible, you know. And anyone out there, I'm telling you, whether you believe or not, take do yourself a favor and go read just the Gospel of John. Just pick one. I'll say, I'll pick it for you. The Gospel of John, any of the Gospels, and just read Jesus' words for yourself mm-hmm. and who he is. And I'm telling you, if you go into it open-minded, I believe this 100%. I don't care who you are, atheist, agnostic, whatever, and you go read it. You're going something. You're going to see something different. Yes, you are. And you're going to feel something different. And I, I was thinking the other day. You never hear anyone say Jesus was not a good man. Isn't that weird? Hmm. Like even atheists and stuff, you know, they try to, when it comes to Jesus, they'll say, well, he's a good teacher and he's a good moral person. And he's, and maybe they, why is that? Because yes, they hate Christianity a lot of times and culture will mock Jesus. We've talked about that. They won't mock Muhammad or Buddha on family guy, but they'll mock Jesus all day long. Mm -hmm. Um, So that tells you he's different, but. But man, I think it's because people know, right? Like when you meet Jesus, that's right. You just know. I love that, man. So I love that. That's where I'm at lately. Is is just it reminds me of that song, "Heart of Worship." You know, get to the heart of worship. But to me too, for me, it's it's almost as though I'm being called back to where the wild things are. You know, Andy Mino has a song where he says, "I want to go where the wild where the wild things are." Lions and tigers and bears on my eyes. Like, I don't want to be in this safe place sometimes. But I do. Yeah. And that goes back to what you said. I. But I think that's why a lot of my personal, this is Todd's miseries, because I know I'm not, that's not where I'm called to be. Yep. And uh, if I let myself get caught up in the religion, I lose hope. But if I get caught up in Jesus, whew, that's my life is... I don't know, man. It makes me less afraid. It makes me more comforted. It makes me remember who I am and who God is. Mm. You know? Does that make sense? Yes. A lot of people probably, I don't know, man. (laughs) He's so good. And I don't know, man, what you said. Like, I love that you encourage anybody, doesn't matter who you are, to go read a gospel and, and see what Jesus said. Because I'm telling you right now, like, like you said, when you meet Jesus, you know it's different. Absolutely. And you know, honestly, a lot of people, they feel so sore towards Christianity because they're basing it off us <laughs> and yeah, not Jesus. That's true. That's really you know, good. Um, yeah. You know, I'm telling you, like he said, I encourage you to, you know, go read Jesus because that's what it's supposed to be. It's not, you know, we, <laughs> he, God decided to give us the opportunity to be the light of the world because he gave us the Holy Spirit, but we're still so much shorter. You know, we fall so much shorter than what Jesus was. You know, Jesus is what it was supposed to be. Um, so I encourage you to, <laughs> that's, that is what, that is Christianity. Jesus, that's what it is. You know, if you're basing your opinion off what we, us, are like, it's probably, it, it probably yeah. isn't going to make sense. It probably yeah. is going to seem hypocritical. But that's why grace is so beautiful. 
Yeah. And that's why Jesus, you know, yes, just go, go read Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. You brought the light up in Luke today. Uh, I was actually going to talk about this, then we got caught up in something else another time. But one, I read the parable of the bird and the seed, you know, where are the seed, the mm-hmm. sower throws out seed. And then Jesus uses this parable where he says a lot of, you know, some of the seed gets taken or falls on rocky soil, so it dries mm-hmm. up. Yep. Some of the seed gets taken by a bird, you know. Uh, some of the seed gets choked out by thorns. And then he, mm-hmm. he says some of the seed falls on good ground, gets roots, and then produces a crop a hundred times more. Yep. Right after that, he says, nobody lights a lamp and covers it or puts it under a bed, but they put it up for everyone to see. And uh, even that, you know, that parable is so powerful in a lot of ways. And it's so funny that he... I, I have to remind myself that we created the chapters for us to understand and follow through it. And he was telling these stories all together. So he tells this parable about the seed. And, the, and if you've never heard it and you're watching, essentially what Jesus is saying is, listen, you hear the truth, right, of the gospel. Even. Yep. And he says, some, here's the, the ways that different people take it. Some people get excited when they first hear it, yep. but they don't do anything with it. And then when hard times come, it gets dried up. You know, sometimes... It falls on them and the enemy comes in and grabs it. You know, sometimes um, they get excited, but they, again, don't allow their roots to grow deep. Don't do what he says. It doesn't really take hold. And we've met those people, right? Like, yep. yeah, I like this Jesus thing, but I'm not going to do anything with it. And then the worries of life and like hard times come and choke it out. And then he talks about, but those who really hear it. And um, it's just a, it's a cool thing, man. And mm-hmm. at the end of that, right after that, him saying, so what is a crop? You know, it's the idea of being bold, showing it to the world, being a light. You don't hide who you are. And it, thank you, God. It kind of ties in with everything we're saying of brave prayers of you don't live under a bed when you're a Christian. Yep. You go out and you just show that light to the world, you know. I'm trying to think. I was gonna, There was a cool moment in that parable mm-hmm. or a cool uh, right, right here, actually. But the seed and the good ground, those who are having the word, who I'm saying, but those who having the word with an honest and good heart, having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it and by enduring bear fruit. I love that too. And, that, and that's why we're saying it to you. If you're out there and you don't know God and you've listened to real talk or you're intrigued by it or whatever, guys, like be, there's a difference between going to the gospels or going to church and being like, whatever, prove to me and going to it with I love this with an honest and good heart saying God show yourself to me. Yep. And when you do that that's when stuff moves, right? Absolutely. Um I don't know, just cool. Cool stuff. I love it, man. Well, I think we have some questions. Okay. <laughs> Such a hot duck, man. What? Brain juice is kicking in. Right at the end of real talk. That's Focus good. Mode. Uh, so I'll read one and then I'll let you read one. Mm-hmm. So this person says, anonymous question, because they use the link www.theremnant.live slash real dash talk. We have no idea who this is, but they gave us a good question. Awesome. I've been thinking a lot about biblical marriage lately, and I'm confused about a concept. Some of Jesus' disciples were married, and it never talks about their wives. So how do ministry and marriage work? The man left his wife and kids to follow Jesus. I don't know who the man is in this question. That's the problem. So it's mm-hmm. hard to. Uh, what about her? What about their marriage? Is marriage for a woman being married to a man in ministry? Okay. Is marriage for a woman married to a man in ministry lonely? And is that the call for them to be lonely? Um, Excuse me. It definitely is not the call for you know the wife to be lonely. That's definitely not it. Um, I think 
you know, I think a big thing is, you know, the man is the head of the household, right? And uh, I think a big thing that men can struggle with is when they get married, they tend to make their wife, you know, they idolize their wife, they make them their whole life. And in a life of ministry like this, you know, they're focused on God. And the woman is supposed to come alongside the man to be along with this, you know, come along with this, you know, for this adventure. Yeah. Um, and when that is done, the woman, even if the man is away, if she is faithful in God, she will still feel peaceful without him around for a time. You know, I think that's a big thing. Um, People think that husband and wives have to be, you know, joined to the hip always. And that's just not the truth. You know, if she, because she's going to have her own life of ministry. It's good. And people tend to put them together and forget to do everything together. That's not the truth. You know, if he's away, that's not going to affect her call of still being a light to people. Preach. Yeah. Um, Or making disciples. Absolutely. You know, so during this time, you know, obviously they don't like, like they said, the Bible doesn't necessarily go into... They don't go into detail on, you know, what was going on back at home or whatever. But if they were faithful Christians, I don't have any doubt in my mind that they were still at, you know, at peace, still, you know, getting good rest. They were doing what they were told to do. They were loving other people, being the light. You know, that's that's guess. I guess that's what I got for that. Yeah. Well, it's I I agree with. Uh... I love that. A lot of what you said. One is I don't know what disciple they're specifically talking about, mm-hmm. or they're just implying maybe they meant some of these men left their their husbands and wives. Listen, we, that doesn't mean they didn't ever go home uh, yeah. again or never talk to them. Um, so let's take an example. Let's say that I am the or you are the CEO of a company. Yep national company and i fly to new york for a week a month this happens yep for people it doesn't mean that marriage is over it doesn't mean that uh, i'm never coming home or whatever right. so these men were called to follow jesus uh and they did what does that mean for the wife and the kids well i, I guess i don't first off we know that that we don't get all the details we know they didn't abandon them right the bible talks about against it we know that they provided for them still in some way why do I know that? Because the Bible talks about if a man, if a person doesn't provide for his family, they're worse than an unbeliever. Yep. Provide, you know, in whatever way that means providing. Because you know, I've in the past we've had people say, "What if you're disabled?" That's not what we're saying. We're talking about the choice to not provide right. for your family. So we know that Jesus never called them to do something that would be against what God wanted or like what yep. He called them to. So I think there's this understanding, some like a misunderstanding sometimes. Um, Yes, I do think there is part of your sacrifice if you're in, first of all, everyone's life should be ministry. But in this case, they're probably talking pastoral or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, there's part of his sacrifice. Part of your cross might be that, that he's not always yours all the time. Yep. And that's a beautiful thing. And God's just as proud of you as he is of that man who's hey, doing it because amen. you're having to walk that out. And that's a partnership. And I don't know why, man. There is this weird thing about they have to be doing the same thing all the time. That's that's not it. Mm-hmm. And what you know, I was having to talk with someone the other day about this. The idea of a wife who is supporting her husband in ministry and taking care of their kids, maybe in that moment, and he does too. But let's just say that a lot of times that's the the wrestling. I'm at home with the kids. You're out doing this. You know, maybe that's what they hear. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful thing, man! The sacrifice and saying, Lord, I'm willing to give up my claim to my husband in this moment, in this day, in this hour. Maybe it's a two o'clock phone call in the morning because I know that's me serving you too. Yep. That's me being in ministry. So instead of viewing it as what you're not getting, 
Why not view it as what you are getting? The Bible says that when we suffer, sharing the sufferings of Christ, there's a blessing in that, right? Yes. And um, <laughs> man, so is it the call to be lonely? Sometimes because maybe God wants you to rely on him and to remember That's that good. even your husband isn't isn't your God. Yep. But I do, you know, the, the other side of that is absolutely, you know, you there's always an extreme. I'm sure there's ministry people men in ministry out there who who pretty much for lack of a better word are workaholics and leaving their wives and never taking care of their kids mm-hmm. with them and and use uh their call as justification to not be the husbands and um, fathers they're called to be right well that's not biblical nope i don't think it has to be either or though Does that makes sense yep so i'm kind of there with, with you. you so you know i don't know i think it's a beautiful thing though and i think that even if uh so using this example, let's say some of the apostles had wives that doesn't mention them. That doesn't mean that God didn't see them. Doesn't mean that God doesn't know them. Doesn't yep. mean that God doesn't know you and that God doesn't see you. And that God isn't, you know, there might be a crown waiting for you because of your loving sacrifice in that That's way. That's right. Being a help me. So. I love that, man. It's good. All right. You can read one now, little buddy. I'm just a little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's the last one here. Okay. All right, so last question of the day. It says, this is random. Do you think that the church is so fierce, fearful of sexual sin that relationships between men and women are awkward? From being outside of the church, it seems odd. Isn't the church a family, brothers and sisters? It seems like it seems sometimes like there's plenty of fear of sin and that there's more prevalent, and that's more prevalent than fear of the Lord that brings wisdom, Proverbs 9.10. Thoughts? So real quick, just because anytime one does this, I want to read it. Yeah. Proverbs 9, 10, they brought up is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Um, do you think? Yeah, I do. Th- I've had this thought before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've actually thought about it from the way the world looks at it on the outside. Absolutely. We'd, we kind of make it seem like, once again, we are wild animals. And if we... We got to keep ourselves away from the opposite sex because if you put us in the same room, we're just going to yep. attack each yep. other. Should go for it. Um, I do think it's funny that you brought up the fear of the Lord as the beginning of wisdom. I do think there is wisdom in not putting yourself in situations that could tempt you. Sure. However, that shouldn't trump um, the fact that we are called to be in community and relationship with each other and yep. that the Bible says to treat each other as brothers and sisters and so do I think that sometimes the fear of that can make relationships awkward? Absolutely. Yes. You've been around. I've ex- We've experienced that in our own life. Oh, yeah. Uh, for a long time, sometimes it's hard. It's like, okay, we don't talk to this person. Well, then they're upset we're not friends with them. and But then we're friends with them, and then they act weird. And it's just mm-hmm. it's hard to to juggle that. Mm-hmm. It's th- a weird balance, man. And I th- like- Yeah, I think it just goes back to overall that um, – I don't know. I guess I don't know what the question is. Do I think that sometimes we let fear hinder our ability to be friends with sisters in Christ? Yes. Oh, yeah. Brothers in Christ. Absolutely. Uh, is Does that hinder the church sometimes? Probably. Um, do I think that means that we shouldn't put up any boundaries at all? No, I don't think that. So it is weird where to put the line. I don't think we should be afraid of it. No. Here's the thing, man. I, This all boils back down to me, to the individual and their relationship with God. Right. Because let's say I'm in a room. Joseph's a great example, the story of Joseph. Mm -hmm. Joseph was in a room. The wife of his master tried to make a move on him. 
Yep. He could have given in. Instead, he ran off. It didn't happen. So even though the, it, it sort of depends on your own, I don't know, walk too, you know, uh, as far as like if, if I don't have to be afraid of that if I know where I'm at and I'm yep. doing the right thing, but it doesn't mean that I should put myself in situations that could tempt me. So that is a weird gray line. Definitely, definitely a weird line. I think that, like, I think what you said was really good. Like, it just, you know, depends on where you're at in your faith, man, where you're, you know, in your walk. Like, but even that's kind of a dangerous thing to say because then we might go, well, I'm never there. I'm never at a place where I can be safe. Mm. I agree with you. That's I think, true. Here's one thing that just came to mind as you were talking. Maybe it's this way. I put boundaries up, but I never let boundaries prevent me from loving my sister the way Jesus told me to. That's good. Makes I sense. Like that. Yeah. That's so yes, I have boundaries, but I, I shouldn't glorify boundaries that make it to where I can't be a brother to my sisters. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe at, that's a line. Maybe that's a place it should be. At the end of the day, I don't think it's going to look perfect because we're not in a perfect world yeah, anymore. That's true. And you know, I don't think it was intended to be this way. I don't. You know, honestly, think about how. Adam and Eve were like they were naked like hey what's up like they were just chilling right and like when you think not that we're saying everybody should be naked no but (laughs) you know how the social media is sound bite me um so you know when I think of that relationship like it was just so pure right like they were just they were just living life together and I think that's kind of how God intended us to be like like they mentioned in the question like a family right um, I think from sin, it's again skewed. It's skewed our view of what things can look like between the opposite sex if they're not together in a romantic relationship. <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's not how it's supposed to be. So at this point, we've just kind of tried to maintain it the best we could and figure out the most comfortable or the best you know way to go about it. And I don't think I don't think there is a concrete way. I think it's just depending on who we are. Yeah, and I think it can look different with different people. Exactly. So, like, there, you know, there are people in the church that are like sisters to me, and uh, it's a safer place. And then there are people that it's like, eh, got to be careful here. You know, not because I'm a monster, they're a monster, but because the relationship isn't the same. Right. You know, and maybe we try to, we always want to fit a bot everything into a neat box. Yep. I just wanted to read the verse that talks about how to treat each other and mm-hmm. something for us to think about. Um, man, now I have to find it. <laughs> oh, keep buying time. All right. So as he's looking for this verse, I just want to let you guys know, hey, we're a podcast. If you're listening, thank you guys so much. We're available on all major platforms. We're also available to watch on Facebook oh, and YouTube. Found it. All right, there he is. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> nope, we're good. Uh, you know, in 1 Timothy 5, it says, Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. Don't treat older men like garbage. Treat them as a father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and with all propriety, the younger women as sisters. Hmm. So... You know, younger women doesn't mean younger than you. It means the younger women. And right. uh, just in case people don't understand what propriety means, it means, uh, give you an actual definition here. Uh, the state or quality of conforming to conventional accepted standards of behavior and morals. Condition to be right fitting. Treat them with respect and honor and, mm-hmm. you know, not inappropriately. Right. Other than that, they're sisters. Yep. You know, I'm not afraid to. To go talk to my sister or laugh with my sister. Or, exactly. And you know, all those kinds of things. So, I like that. It's a good question, though. 
I'm, I'm so sorry for interrupting your speech, by the way. Oh, no, I'm, I'm horribly voice. rude. That was just buying time. Just oh, I think they needed to hear it, though. Yeah. I think that's about it. We don't have any more questions. You got anything else? Um, Other than the fact that I just love you guys so much, um, thank you for sticking with us and listening and watching. We really appreciate it. Leave a comment if you thought something was interesting or you have any, any other questions. Or, like we've mentioned if you have something you want to ask us that you don't want to put out there publicly and you want to do it anonymously, you can at www.theremnant.life slash real-talk. Other than that, um, I think that's everything I have. Appreciate you guys so much. Yeah, I'm uh, with him. I appreciate you guys. Love you. Man, thank you for giving us the opportunity and platform to grow individually and talk about God and, and wrestle through these things and chub them up. Chub it up. It. But also, just your support of this ministry is really been a blessing to us um, and we it really does impact people oh yeah so even if it's impacted you also know that through your watching and sharing and commenting and supporting that you're also impacting other people that's and right we get to see that so thank you so much i think you already mentioned the podcast right yep so if you're on the podcast and you're annoyed by the likes ums i think we're getting better we'll get better we're slowly getting better uh let's see the only other thing i haven't done this before but I think there's something to encourage you guys a little bit. Go check out. We had a message come out this uh, weekend called The Broken Cart. Is that what it's called? A Broken Cart? Yeah, broken Go check cart. that out and be hopefully um, encouraging you know that you're if you've made mistakes in your life or things have happened, sometimes the world, sometimes even the church can make you feel like you're ruined, you're over, you're broken, that you don't have, uh, man, that God doesn't have good plans for you still. Uh, that's not true. Mm. Other than that, if you haven't liked our page, you give them that speech. I was zoned out. If you haven't liked our page, go like it. Follow uh, the Remnant Church. That really helps us out. The more people that like it, the more people it reaches. That's right. That's pretty much it. And guys, we really do read your comments below. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yep. If you're listening from the podcast, again, you can drop topics, comments, concerns, all that stuff through the link as well. And we we would love to start getting some podcast people. Oh yeah. Contributing. I love that. All right. Well, we hope you guys have a great day. We love you. We appreciate you. And God bless you.